Do you want to hear the greatest story? Yeah, I do. Oh my god, Bon Jovi sound checking. We got to see this. But then we hear um, the guy whistling to a microphone. Yeah, it was John, and he goes, "The kids can stay." We're like, "Oh, cool." <laughs> nice. Thanks, thanks, Johnny. It was a small theatre, and we went upstairs, and there was a photo of Dire Straits, who did their very first rock blast there in 1982, oh, wow. which was just so cool. So these bikies got in touch with us, give us 500 bucks so you don't get your singer back. <laughs> Holy shit. Welcome everyone, you are listening to the Art of Touring podcast. This is an interview style podcast where I talk with musicians, performers and sometimes wrestlers. I am your host, the Sizz Dog. Thanks for joining me. It is St. Monica's Week. Oh man, you know what that means, Sizzlers? It means that I am running around like a headless chook all week. And uh, at the same time, trying to organise everything for the biggest gig of the year next weekend at the Corner Hotel, which you haven't heard me talk about a million times already this last few weeks. Um, it would be a understatement to say that I'm under the pump this week. If I'm under any kind of pump, it'd be uh, the pump the size of a freaking giant Twinkie from Ghostbusters. This week, I caught up with Tommy Sunset, bass player for many bands, including Atomic Riot, Cicada Stone, and Delacoma. Um, and old mate is no stranger to life on the road, so keep listening to hear Tommy recall the tale uh, that uh, the, of the time when he stole the touring van to go on a midnight mission. Art of Touring is brought to you every single Friday. You can listen to Art of Touring on iTunes or the Google Podcasts app or on... Um, Spotify as well. We're on now as well. Uh, and remember, Art of Touring is part of the A Lot of Green podcast network. Um, I think. <laughs> Just go to alotofgreen.com.au and let me know. Uh, guys, tell friends about this podcast. Tell your dad. Tell your older brother. Tell your younger sister. Tell your second cousin. Tell your uh, grandma, your nonna, your nonno, your uh, nanny, your nanu. I don't know. <laughs> Tell everyone about the show, you know, because it's a good podcast, man. You know, I talk to musos every week. Who doesn't want to hear musos talking about music? I love music. I have so much I've got a podcast about it. So, you know, just tell people that you think would enjoy the show and maybe they'll give it a listen. You never know. Um, what else is going on? Uh, that's right. This is the part of the podcast where I tell you that there's some coarse language um, so if you are listening with kids, it might be a good idea to throw on the fox and the hound. Then once they're dropped off at their swimming lessons, put Art of Touring back on. Now let's take a moment to hear from this week's sponsor. Episode 70 of The Art of Touring is brought to you this week by Melbourne Winters. Do you crave the cold? <laughs> Have you got the desire to get a cold for like a solid three months of the year? Are you one of those weirdos that love wind and rain? Then come to Melbourne in winter. You'll get a cold pretty much as soon as you get off the plane. Oh, the cold. Melbourne winters, they suck. Just so you know, Art of Touring is hosted by Wooshka. If you'd like to listen uh, on your desktop, you can. Just Google Art of Touring and follow the links to the Wooshka homepage. Uh, unfortunately, this week I am unable to find the track Get Your Kicks uh, that Tommy mentions at the end of the pod. So if you do want to hear that track, you can stream it. But uh, I couldn't download it and get it onto the pod this week. So I apologize about that, Tommy. Uh, but let's not worry about that now. Let's get straight into our conversation with Tommy Sunset. Bass player extraordinaire! Welcome everyone, you are listening to the Art of Turing podcast, sitting here back in uh, Siriani Studios in Epping, and tonight, today, whenever you're listening to this, um, joining me is Tommy Sunset, bass player for... Well, a whole bunch of bands, mate. How are you going, dude? Good, man. I'm good. Thanks yeah. for having me in. No, thanks for coming in, dude. Yeah. You were um, you were just 10 minutes away from me tonight, mate. Yeah, I was at uh, 
Monolith Studios, which is Chris Themelko. Oh, yeah, right. So I was doing some backing vocals for the new Atomic Ryan album. Yeah. He was like, oh, can you come down on Tuesday to do backing vocals? I'm like, um, doing the podcast. And then I got on Google Maps. I'm like, Epping, Thomastown, 10 minutes away. I'm like, yeah, I can, I I can, can do, do it. That. Yeah. <laughs> nice one. Yeah, two birds, one stone, man. Well, it's all, it's all worked out then tonight. That's great. Yeah, and it never goes to plan. Things don't go smoothly, but tonight it went smoothly. Wow. You know, maybe you were due for it, mate. Yeah. Yeah. Long overdue. The stars aligned for you. Um, well, man, we'll, um, we'll begin with, uh, you know, the, the main question that I always ask all my guests um, to start off the art of touring, and that is, yep. where, where are you from? Where, where did you grow up? Um, like eastern suburbs, so like Hawthorne, mm-hmm. that kind of that kind of way. In Melbourne, yeah, in Melbourne, um, I was pretty much around there for most of my life, and then uh, I lived in America for two years when I was about seven or eight. Oh, really? Yeah, um, actually, in Iowa. Like right near Des Moines, where Slipknot are from. Oh right, yeah, huh? Absolute shithole, Bible Belt Christian little town. Really? Which was an experience, but you know, I was pretty pretty young at that stage. Yeah, so, yeah. So going to you know uh, primary school there was a blast. I got like an award for working on my sins. I got, uh, yeah, <laughs> giving that to like a seven-year-old. It's like, you know how you get awards at assembly? Like, yeah, you had, did a really good project or something like that. Mine was for working on my sins. Don't ask me how I worked on my sins. <laughs> <laughs> like, what are we going to give to Tommy? Yeah. Maybe he's doing really good with his penance. Maybe yeah, we'll, we'll yeah. sort him out with the sin. Repent. Life. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> So, oh my gosh! Yeah. So why the move to the states when you were seven? Uh, my stepdad had a job offer over mm-hmm. there. Yeah. So we just kind of went and followed that, and um, mum just kind of couldn't really hack it, right? Like where we were, because it was pretty gnarly. Like I said, Bible Belt kind of area. Yeah. And um, she was just like, oh, "I've got to go home." So okay, came back. So for those of us who don't really know what Bible Belt means, is that like a, like a, a hardcore Christian community? That, yeah. Like a really strict with their values and stuff like that? Very. And and how does and that... And kind of a little bit rednecky too. Okay, okay. Yeah. And does that actually like... Um, so and it was, yeah, it was a actually very... affects your life. Very much Living so. in that area. And it was like, you know, everyone knew everyone's business and it was a very tight-knit... Community. Little community oh. and very kind of, yeah. So right. it was it was very different from here. Yeah. And so, yeah. And so once the gig was done for your dad, your mum was like, let's get out of here. Yeah, she was like, let's get out of Dodge. Like, yeah, right, and come back home quick. to Melbourne. Yeah. And yeah. did you go back to Hawthorne or? Yeah, so we were back around that, that area, area, like Q Hawthorne kind yeah. of area. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, do you have any brothers or sisters? I do, man. I have a very, a very complex family. Like, yeah. Um, so, yeah, my old man's been married a couple of times. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, so brothers and sisters from different marriages. Okay. And, yeah. yeah, if you got a spare hour to <laughs> do the family podcast, <laughs> we could go through yeah. all of them. Yeah, yeah but, right. Um, but, but the I'm core an, unit growing up, you were pretty much by yourself, or yeah. So I'm an only child from the marriage that I'm from. Yeah, yeah. Um, but then my mum and stepdad had a daughter, so it's mm-hmm. my sister. So it was the four of us that kind of grew up. Grew together. up together. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, and was your sister, uh, like musical as well or? Nah, not really. Not and really? no one in my family had been musical before. Huh. So I guess a thing which you ask as well, how did you get into music? Yeah, but, yeah. Um, so when we were living in the States, my mum was pregnant with my little sister mm-hmm. and, um, my old man had tickets to go and see Ozzy Osbourne at the Quad Cities, which is a venue over there. Like, I forget which cities it is, but it's where it's a point where the four cities meet. So the venue's called the Quad, Quad Cities. Quad Cities, right. Um, and it was for Ozzy's Retirement Sucks Tour. Hmm. And 
Deftones and early Deftones and Corn was support, so it would have been like issues kind of time for Corn. Right. And my stepdad had tickets for him and Mum, and Mum was too far into her pregnancy, and he'd been playing stuff around the house, and it was like, <clears throat> you know, this Aussie stuff that I've been playing. Would you like to come and see it? Mm. And so I went along. At, yeah, like seven years old, and at that point that's like an integral point of my life like sure I yeah was like that it took me seven years to pick up a guitar yes until i was 14 but at that stage i was like that's what i want to do i like that yeah what i just heard yeah yeah so right. it was cool so that so being in america actually had a really important part in my uh, musical journey i guess yeah right and so um do you remember actually much from the gig or is it no. just more kind of the scattered memories? Of yeah, just scattered memories. Performance, yeah. Um, and I've got like a big frame thing at home a couple of years later when Oz came out and I think he played Festival Hall. I love that. Um, yeah, great venue. Yeah. Um, we went to a signing in the city at the JB that used to, there was an, one on Burke Street. Yeah. I think. That's where it was. Um, and so I've got the flyer from the gig and the ticket stub from the gig mm-hmm. and, like, the signed, like, um, press photo that they had for that. So that's always just, you know, wake up in the morning, have a look at that. Yeah. Reminds me what and I want to do and what I love doing. What you, Yeah, so th- that was, what, like, when you were 14 or something like that? So the show was when I was about seven. Oh, okay. And then I didn't pick up... Or start playing till I was about thirteen or fourteen. Yeah, but when you went to, did you actually see him at Burke Street in that JB? Oh yeah, yeah. So yeah. Uh, maybe ten or eleven. Oh okay. Around. So you'd, you'd yeah. come home and it was only yeah. a couple of years later, and then you got to see him again yeah. in Australia, and you went and met him and got something signed. Yeah. Oh, what was he like? He was great, man. Like, <laughs> yes. and there were people in front of me that like brought their babies and there's you know he's really kissing the babies and everything like yeah, i remember right. it pretty vividly that's that's that is really cool and so that is um like a kind of like a prized possession in your yeah in your uh pad at the moment yeah that's you right see that ozzy osborne yeah. signed thing you're like look at and when stuff gets like difficult you know because it's not always an easy gig no just kind of have a little look at that yeah makes you keep on going yeah yeah, that's a cool thing, man. I wish I had a cool story like that for my first gig. I think my first gig I went to was like the B-52s. Yeah. You know, like Shack and yeah, that's rad. Yeah. <laughs> it was either that or like MC Hammer or something. MC like, Hammer? Yeah, that would have yeah. great. Yeah, it was, it was fun. I do remember it. It was like at Rod Laver Arena Yeah, back back then. And um, gosh, yeah. Yeah, not, not as cool as Aussie, but... You know, it was still a cool gig. And, um, yeah, right. And so how long into... So you, you'd, you'd gone to see them and then, yeah, right, you said that you'd picked up a guitar at 14. Around that, like Around 13, that time. 14. Yeah. Did you pick up an electric guitar first or you went straight to bass or... I went straight to bass. Yeah. And then I fooled around with guitar for a while and realised I wasn't good enough for six strings. <laughs> <laughs> um, so and, you, know, you know what? I like my four strings. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I always had a bit more of a feel for that. I actually started out playing drums. Um, so I guess that rhythmic thing, like yeah. I always locked in with that. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Yeah, so how I picked up a guitar was I'd always been interested, obviously, from a young age, from that story. Um, And I went to an all-boys private Catholic school. Yeah, right. From year four to year ten, because my old man went to that school and he was like, oh, you know, the legacy and all this stuff. And I absolutely hated it. Yeah. You know, and you were kind of either academic or you were really sporty or maybe did your classical music. And if you didn't really kind of fit in in any of those groups, you weren't really Mm -hmm. fitting in there. So I did not really belong. And I walked past the music room one day because they used to, you could book out the music room to rank guitars or I guess you know borrow guitars over yeah. over lunchtime and have a jam in the music room sure and some people were um, 
playing, I walked past, I think they were playing like Silverchair or Rage Against Machine or something like that. Yeah. And I walked in and was like, oh, you know, do you guys need someone to play? And I had never played a bass and told them that I played bass and they were like, right, go grab it. And I was like, oh, you're going to have to teach me the songs. And they were like, yep, that's cool. So kind of said that I played and had never played before and it went from there. Yeah, right. And one of those guys was uh, one of my first bands, Killshot. Mm-hmm. That one of the guys that was jamming was Ted, who was a singer for Killshot. Yeah, I remember so that band, yeah. You guys yeah. played at Cherry quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah. We did. That we did. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, some fun nights. Wow. Debaucherous nights. That venue, man. Yeah. If those walls could talk, oh, dude. I'd be arrested. There's so many bands that got their first shot at that place yeah. in, in town. And yeah, James was really good. Like he was. That. He gave everyone an opportunity, yeah. you know. Um, and they had that launching pad on the Monday night. You could just cut your teeth on the yeah. open mic and then eventually maybe, you know, do a Wednesday or a support or whatever. Yeah. And then um, we got, like, Tuesday residency kind of yeah. early on. And yeah. so that was like, yeah, all right, we'll give you a shot with the Tuesday night. And That's then right. you bumped up to the Wednesday. And then if you got your Thursday, mm-hmm. or not the Thursday, yeah, the Wednesday night residency. Because uh, yeah. Thursday's the soul night. But that was always really good. Yeah, man. Love that place. And it's funny um, what we were talking about before with about the show that we have coming up, the Pearl Jam show, saying mm. that some people are never happy. Yes. We were all complaining. Well, not all of us, but I know quite a couple of people have been like, oh, you don't want to be stuck and known as that cherry band. And oh. be like, oh, we play cherry too often. We've got to get out of that just playing cherry. And then okay. they were kind of, then they said that they were closing the doors. And we were like, oh, fuck. You know, you don't know what you've got until it's, it's gone. gone. Yeah, um, man. I mean, I've always loved playing that place. Yeah, 100%. I, I don't really have any bad memories of that. No. Nah. You, you know? nah. um, and that. And that's a that's a big thing. Like as soon as you walk through the doors, it's like you know, no, no suits, no thongs or something, and no dickheads. Yeah, that's it's right. essentially the whole idea of that place. It's the like, whole you, premise. You go there, you you know, be cool, be cool. Yeah. And it, it was known because like I, I met like a bunch of dudes, um, you know, after their show would just go there. And you, you know, meet the bass player from Soundgarden or like whatever. Yeah, like yeah. so many people, if you just were happened to be there or if you knew, if you got the word that they may, might be showing up, you go and have a drink with them or whatever. Yeah. I um, was there when Lady Gaga was dancing on the bar <laughs> in like just a lingerie. It was no pretty, shit. You know, there's some great stories coming out of there. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, hanging out with James and James... Telling stories. Yeah. Yeah. I'd love to have him on the show. I really should reach out to him. That'd be great. Because he would um, he would definitely have some stories, my goodness. Yeah. Um, and so you started playing and you didn't really know what you were doing, but the guys in that music room just kind of took you under their wing a little bit. Yeah. And then I guess I was just enjoying it quite a lot. So yeah. I just think if you love something, you pick it up kind of quickly yes definitely or even if you not don't pick it up quickly like I just worked really hard really at hard it really hard at it yeah just because I wanted to and bought yourself an instrument eventually yeah yeah, yeah that's right mm-hmm. and then just played you know like little high school shows and stuff like that for quite a while and yeah. then yeah developed onwards yeah um, and did you get lessons or were you just kind of like self-taught or I never ever got uh no, so I got bass lessons for a couple of weeks at that starting kind of period. Sure. And then um, I studied at JMC and I got lessons. I didn't really have lessons between that time and then when I went to JMC. And mm-hmm. I got some really, really good lessons at nice. JMC, which was cool. But um, I've always just thought that like align yourself or play with people that are better than you mm-hmm. and that's the best way to learn because yeah. I just ask people like oh what are you doing there yeah how right. are you doing that like yeah. so you play with people that you know 
yeah, a, a will better. elevate you. Yeah, that's yeah. right. And like-minded people and, you know, people that aren't going to put you down for asking a question. Yeah, that's really and, important, man. Yeah. But yeah. that's that's how I learned most of my stuff is just hanging out and playing with dudes that were better than me and yeah. listening and watching and being like, what's that? Yeah, How right. are you doing that? Yeah. I think it's the best way to learn or one of the best ways. It's definitely a great way to learn, man. Um, and so you're... Uh, you said that you left um, that Catholic school at 16. Did you go somewhere else or you went from JMC into JMC after going um, there or what was the timeline so there? I did year 11 and 12 at Swinburne Senior Secondary, mm-hmm. which was really good for me because like, at the private school I was just hating it and I'd been begging to get out mm. for a while and then the, finally my parents were like, or not parents, but my dad was like, all right, Okay, you can you can get out. And so You've my done, grades, done your time. Yeah. Uh, so my grades were pretty average. Yeah. To woeful there, right, and right. then I kind of got into somewhere where I wanted to be. Yeah. And my grades just kind of went up, and I started enjoying school. Nice. Um, and I got to do more music that was more in my like line wheelhouse. Of, yeah, yeah. 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 I can really, like, when you were telling that story about um, you are, you're either a sporty person or a academic, or if you're into music, usually it'd be more of a classical thing yeah. at that Catholic school that you went to. I actually teach at a Catholic school. Yeah, right. That's my day gig. Yeah. You know, um, and that is, that is so true. Yeah. And even, it works even, for some people, but yeah, yeah. That, you could not get... A more opposite kind of person than me. So it just was not working. Yeah, and I yeah. didn't want to be there. Yeah. And as soon yeah. as I moved and I was somewhere I wanted to be and I yeah. actually wanted to go. Yeah. It, it just changed your life a yeah. bit. Yeah. yeah that's, that's I mean, cool. I was I was never a total academic, like, great. Yeah, but isn't dude. it interesting, like, once you were in an environment which was more suited to your skill set, yeah. your actual grades and your, um, like, say... Uh, uh, willingness to learn just your whole mindset, mindset yeah. just went through the roof after that yeah. you know because you, you're not being in that environment which is a little bit stale or yeah. you know feel a little bit more like an outcast or whatever yeah you know um and then once you're yeah um around more like-minded people um you start killing it yeah yeah things just start to click and yeah. that's where like i met a lot of the dudes like the guitarist for kill shot yes um chris we met there and um he is a dude that's taught me so much of what like i use in playing like he's just one of the best guitarists and Mm. just he's a really lovely dude like nice um so we met there uh there was heaps of people good people that i met and just like-minded people you know yeah yeah which was it's helpful yeah, especially in the music industry, you, you want to be able to make those contacts, you know. Yeah. Like, I wasn't really able to make those kind of contacts at school. I mean, I played in a band, but, like, once we left school, no one in the high school bands that I was in um, continued uh, with me anyway, with yeah. music, you know, yeah. so I had to kind of start over. Um, but, yeah, w- whatever institution you're in, whether it's in high school or, or um, you know, tertiary education, if you're able to make those contacts with um, like-minded musicians so valuable yeah man. it is so valuable yeah and so then you went to jmc after yeah, after so, high school so i had i had a couple years off oh before you went to jmc yeah yeah right yeah what did you do not much not much <laughs> <laughs> just yeah. played music yeah and, um yeah. yeah well i would have been yeah I played in a band. Um, one of my first bands was kind of like this thrashy, proggy kind of stuff. Oh, okay. Um, which is a far cry from like the rocky stuff that I do now. But, sure, yeah. Um, still stuff that I really love. Mm. Um, so we were gigging a fair bit, and Chris from Killshot played in that band for a little bit. What was that band um, called? The band was called Festation. Festation. <laughs> yeah. That's far out. Yeah, man. man. I, went, I went back the other day. I was having a bit of a nightcap. 
with myself the other night and you know like you just scroll through youtube videos and you're like oh i wonder if there's anything and i found some stuff and i was like oh Oh, it's pretty rough. Yeah, it's very rough. <laughs> it's hard looking back. Yeah, hey? yeah, it is, man. Especially funny, as musicians. Though. Yeah, that's it. I think, like, I look back and I'm like, oh, that persona was always there. Right. But, yeah, the, the music wasn't as good. It was different. Mm. Um, but yeah, so I was doing that, and then I would have started playing in Killshot just before. I started going to JMC, so we okay. were gigging a fair bit. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, yeah. and I mean, JMC is such a great place. Like, I met so, so many people. Yeah. But like you say, like, um, <clears throat> you have people that you play with, and then some people just f- fall at the wayside sometimes. Like, yeah, I yeah. know some dudes that were so incredible, and they were just like, oh, it's not what I want to do. Yeah. And, power to everyone like you know what you want to do that's that's fine like i ain't got a problem with that but sometimes to me i'm like oh my god man you were like the most amazing player and all of a sudden you just don't want to play anymore yeah right but um that's a foreign thought to me maybe i'll get there one day yeah but at at the moment no no you just want to play yeah yeah well i mean you know that totally makes sense especially when you look at your resume at the moment you're playing with three different bands um atomic riot cicada stone and and delacoma um you just want to play man i do just want to play yeah yeah and um i was doing like a lot of fill-in stuff for a while Um, yeah so i've been playing with killshot and killshot kind of fell apart for our own reasons Mm. um as these things do tend to happen and um then atomic kind of started and around that time i was like okay what i want to do is be try and be like the go-to bass player for rock stuff in melbourne so i've filled in for so many bands yeah and I had this really crappy amp, but it was a Behringer like quad box and it <laughs> weighed a ton and it had been beaten up. It was a bass player from um, The Dead Things. Mm-hmm. It was his old rig, so it had been through the traps. Like it was great while it worked, but then it died. Yeah. And then I just never got it replaced. So there was this running joke that like so many bands would hire me to fill in, but. I'd never have my own gear. It's like, great bass player, but doesn't have his own gear. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so there was this little joke Bit of a coming around. Yeah. But, um, you know, I did a couple of shows with Electric Dynamite and um, I filled in for, like, Jazzy's other band recently, Echo Del Tusca. Mm-hmm. Filled in for just heaps of bands. I was playing as much as I could. Yeah. And that's how I ended up getting the gig for Massive. Mm-hmm. To go tour over in Europe. So oh right, I'd, another uh, um, yeah, uh, art of touring alum. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, me and Jazzy. Yeah, um, yeah. So I guess I just want to play all the time, and I decided that that's what I was going to do. Is that yeah. I was just going to yeah, if someone needed a fill in, you were that, was up, up yeah. for the taking. You were trying grab yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Um, and so. Uh, you did touch on the stuff with Killshot. Did those guys actually release like an EP or anything like that? Yeah, we did. We released an EP that we recorded at um, Toyland Studios. Oh, okay, where's it's that? A, it's a, I'm thinking Northgate. I'm pretty okay. sure it's Northgate. Yeah. Um, and Adam Kalatsis is the engineer there. Mm. Um, so we did like a five-track EP. Beautiful. Um, and then we were going to do an album... So we kind of have an album or just shy of an album worth of songs that are all pre-proed and demoed in me and the singer's garage. Like um, Some of it I actually found the other day while I was doing that nightcap YouTube search. Sure, um, yeah, yeah. The guy who did it, he posted two of the songs up and I was like, oh my God, I haven't heard these in so long. So long, yeah. Like... Um, so yeah, there was gonna be an album, but things didn't life, happen. 
Yeah, know, yeah. You know, broke up. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. For, for various reasons. Reasons, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so from from there, I'm just trying to get the timeline in yeah. my head right. Um, you finish up with Kill Shot, and that was when you're like, well, screw it, I'm just going to be a hired gun. Well, and try it, and get as many gigs as I can. So towards the end of Kill Shot, we were like, we're going to get two guitarists. And we had Drew, Drew Sir. Oh, yeah, Drew, of course. Yeah, from Deep End and Atomic Riot now. Mm -hmm. We had him come in and he was learning all the songs. So he was going to be our second guy. And then we broke up and then Drew was putting together Atomic Riot and he wanted me in because of that. And we'd played shows together, Together. Deep End and Kill Shot. Kill Shot, yeah. Um, So, yeah, then Atomic started and then... We were probably going for like a year or so, and then I started filling in for a few more people, and that's when I started getting with Atomic Riot. Yeah, so that's when I started really going. All right, I'm gonna be the hired gun kind mm. of thing. Because the first time I met um, Ash Nish was at um, Whole Lot of Love. Yeah, I used to work there. Is that right? Yeah, he was there my manager. There you go. And he was playing in a band at that time. I can't remember what they were. I think they were called Chain Lizard, something like that. And um, we would have been hanging out. I think I saw him play once and I was like, fuck, this guy's great. So we got him on their band on to open for Killshot at one of our cherry residencies. And then me and Ash were just like, we've got to do this. And like, we've got to play together. Yeah. And then Drew had known Ash as well, and he was like, Ash is the guy that I need, so it kind of all... All just kind of worked. Yeah. Yeah. Just clicked together really well. Yeah, nice. And so now, how long has Atomic Riot been going then? That's (sighs) about five years now, at least. I reckon four. About four years. Yeah. Yeah. And you guys have put out some material as well, haven't you? Yeah, so there's just an EP. So we put it out with just it's more just like a single kind of thing so it had three tracks yeah and then we recorded another track so we re-released it with four yeah and um we're recording first full-length album with chris the melko at monolith at the moment Mm -hmm. so all the music's done um and ash is just putting down vocals at the moment so he's just started that yeah um so hopefully it's going to be out pretty soon. And so we've got singles coming out through Rumorg Records. Mm-hmm. You know John Raptus? No, I don't know. Uh, so he's a dude that's just put together a label. Mm-hmm. Just, uh, I guess, just a big fan of music. Like he's yeah. a lovely guy and <clears throat> just really, really passionate and has been like for all his life. Yeah. And wanted to run a record store. So started it as an online thing and then someone approached him about actually releasing singles and he started doing that and so I think he's he's released maybe six or seven in under a year okay so yeah different acts yeah yeah and so he's doing it all off his own back and it's just because he's really loves it yeah Die Hard, man. And you need you more want. people like, like that. Like that, yeah. So that's great. So the first single will be coming out through Rue Morg, hopefully. Pretty Maybe soon. October, November. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. Well, because you probably want to have a video clip attached to it and then you've got to yeah. wait for the coin to come in for that and everything. That's right. There's you know, all it's those. Just, it's all like self-funded and everything. So Yeah. Yeah, right on. Um and so, with that EP that you released, or the single, and then an extra one um, when you re-released it, did you guys do a tour for that at all? Um, not a proper one. No? No, not really. No? No. Unfortunately, like, I'd like to be touring a bit more, but, I mm. mean, you know, just getting everyone to be able to be at the same time, available at the same time, time and putting yeah. it all together can prove difficult, difficult. sometimes. But yeah, yeah. Because you did mention you you got to do the tour over um, with um, Massive. Yeah, that was great. So that was my first, like, international stuff. Yeah, what was that like? It was pretty crazy. Yeah? It was a pretty funny story. So me and Jazz, Jared Medwin, we'd always known each other for years, you know, just being around the traps because Killshot and Massive actually played 
their first shows on the same night, but obviously different venues. Sure. Um, so we'd always known each other and, you know, more acquaintances, like we bump into each other at Cherry after our gigs, whatever. We'll sure. always have a beer and be friendly. Yeah. And um, they were looking for someone. Mm. And, yeah, he kind of came up to me <laughs> at Cherry Vale one night and the conversation was literally, hey, man, you got a passport? <laughs> I'm like... Yep. He's like, sweet. That was it. <laughs> and we didn't talk to each other for like the rest of the night. I think like we had a beer and had that quick conversation. Yeah. And then like two days later, he messaged me. He's like, I'm coming to Europe. I was like, yeah. You know, it was just one of those, un- it didn't have to be said. Like we, sure, yeah. we knew what was going down. What but was, was going to happen? Yeah. It was pretty funny that that was the conversation. And then so I had like... Maybe two or three weeks to learn, to the, learn tunes. the tunes. Yeah. We had two rehearsals, played a show at the Evelyn. Oh, yeah. And then went over, which, so, yeah, that was pretty crazy. And so which tour was it that you went on with Massive? Because they've gone over there a bunch of times. Yeah, they have. So they're over there now. It wasn't last year. So it was 2017 around June, July. Yeah, June, July-ish. Okay, cool. Yeah, so it was good. So we went yeah. over and did a couple of shows in England at the start. Yes. And then did a run through Spain mm-hmm. and did like Germany and Belgium and then went back and pretty much went like through England, like right through, did Scotland, went down to Wales. Yeah. And um, in that time... My good friend Delacoma had got in contact with me. Oh, we'd spoken about it briefly before I left when he knew that I was going over to Europe. Yeah. And he lost his other band members at that point. Right. Um, I mean, that's his story to tell, mm. not mine. Mm, mm. Um, and he had European dates booked. And he was like, oh, I don't want to cancel them. Yes. And I was like... Um, what are the dates? Just run the dates by me. And he was yeah. like, oh, this date. I'm like, okay, well, don't cancel them just yet. Yeah. And so about halfway through the massive tour, we kind of started talking and I was like, I'll do it. Like, I'll I'll just jump on board. I don't want to go home. Like, I got my first taste of touring yeah, I'm already overseas. Here. I well and I was going. like, I'm, yep. And he's like, oh, but I need a drummer. And I'm like, I think I can find a guy for you pretty quickly. <laughs> he's like, who? And I'm like, oh, I'm just sitting right next to me, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, and so, so Jazz, was jazz and he well. was keen because we didn't want to go home. Yeah, We're right. just road dogs. Yeah, you know? yeah. We just like being out on the road. Yeah. So we finished up... Um, we did a run supporting Richie Ramone, um, which wow. was really cool. It was just a couple of shows. And that was um, with Dow? No, with Massive. Oh, with Massive and before so you finished when, up. Yeah. And yeah, we finished up. And then me and Jazz, because we were staying at um, Josie's, Josie from Tequila Mockingbird. Tequila Mockingbird, yeah. So we were staying at her mum's place, and him and me spent two days in like a bedroom learning all the Delacoma songs and then he came Del flew out and we had like one one or two rehearsals and then made our way over to Belgium and just started that tour yeah so it was about yeah I think four or five days in between yeah but yeah it all just just worked you know Uh. Like sometimes, very rarely, but sometimes the planets align and that... You're able to make it happen. Yeah. And that's where you made that connection with Dell, and now ever since oh, then... Well, I'd known him for years because Killshot used to play with Sunset Riot all the time. Ah, there you go. So I'd known him for years and then he was doing stuff back home um, while... Delacoma weren't on tour because they were predominantly a US band with yes. that first lineup. Mm-hmm. So when he was home, he was like, Oh, I still want to play shows. So we did this stuff called uh, Delacoma and the Dark Horses. Okay. Which was just a bunch of musicians. So it was like me, um, Jared Marsh, 
who's a local guy. Playing mm, guitar. Yeah, Native Tongue. That's his project. Mm-hmm. He's amazing. So and he's he in Dell t- at the moment as well, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's him and Voya on guitar. Mm. Um, so he'd come, Nick Casolini from Darcy Fox would play guitar sometimes. Um, we'd have, we had like Nick Zelnick from Dead City Ruins and Deep End. Okay. He yeah, played yeah. drums. Nick Caligula from Atomic and Kill Shot would play. So it was just kind of whoever was available, but we'd do these shows. Right. Um, just doing Sunset Riot songs and Telecoma songs and some covers. Sure. So I'd been playing with Del for a little bit, so, mm. and we'd been friends for years, and then, like, he kind of knew that I was itching to get that American, like, go over and do some American shows. Stuff, and yeah. Um, I was really close with his family. Um, so it kind of came up, and it was just, it, it just worked. Nice. Yeah. And so you're able to go over there for one of those tours. Yeah, so we did that Europe tour, and then um, so I think those two tours, massive, and then straight into Delacoma, I was away for about three months, mm-hmm. and then we we're home for a little bit, and then did uh, a short Australian tour with Delacoma, mm-hmm. and then two US tours last year. Yeah, right. Yeah. So it kind of like once it started, it was like... Off to the races. Yeah. Yeah. You were uh, in these bands, you're able to kind of just jump on the tours as soon as they came in and all that kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. Which has been great. But yeah. then, it, so what, when it's rolling like that, it's rolling. But then, I mean, I got back from that last tour. No one's counting the days, but on August 16th. So I haven't been back overseas playing. Um for nearly a year or just over a year so I'm chomping at the really bit. itching to get back on the road yeah yeah right I haven't done any touring since October of last year yeah because um, I split with the, my last band Smokestack Rhino yeah yeah and um, I uh, I'm actually really enjoying not having to go on because <laughs> I'm a young dad, man. Like I was yeah, missing a lot yeah. of time with my kids and my yeah. lady was getting pretty stressed as well. That's right. Your and priorities change. Well, exactly. Stuff, you know, of course. Um, and I joined that band when my kids were born. So it was really like if I had my time again, I probably wouldn't have joined it. I, I wish I had joined a band or had the opportunity to join a touring band, you know, 10 years prior. Because yeah. then I could have had all this time to just yeah. kill, you know. But um, as a young dad, it's just like, man. Man, I'm really missing stuff, you know. Yeah, um, and I didn't 100%. really see that until I'd left the band. Because you're enjoying what you're doing in the yeah, band at the same I was time. Enjoying it so much, getting to play these shows and yeah. to a lot of people that I'd never really, you know, gotten to play to before. Because all my other f- f- raw rays into touring as a, as the pass outs, um, my first band, and you know, still play with those guys here yeah. and there. Um, we, we did one tour to Sydney. Yeah. You know, played with a couple of bands, 100 people maybe max at each show. Yeah. Nothing to write home about. And then fast forward, you know, after we did that tour, I, I joined another band and then it was kind of off to the races. It wasn't like massive crowds. Yeah. But it was still like we were getting You're getting the lot. shows under your belt. Exactly. Yeah. And kind of getting a taste for it. And then eventually we got some festival spots. I was like, man, this is great. But, yeah. you know, um, once it kind of came to an end, I was like, man, I... I kind of like being at home. Yeah. <laughs> and it's really cool. I get to live vicariously to all the musos that kind of come and talk to me about their touring. Yeah, that's like, awesome. Oh, yeah, cool. I don't really miss that anymore. <laughs> oh, I miss it so badly. Yeah, you got the itch, man. Um, yeah, you got the itch yeah. bad. Well, uh, I've actually been scratching my itch in a completely different way over the last 12 months, as you can tell by all these figures. That oh, it's by. amazing. Yeah, instead was... of going on tour, I just go on eBay now. <laughs> <laughs> From the safety of home. Home. Exactly. Yeah. This stuff just comes to me. Yeah, that's it's like, right. It's like Christmas morning, what once every couple of weeks. Oh, what have I got in the post? You that's know? the best. <laughs> it's so good. So there you go. All the money that I, I would usually spend on touring, I just oh. spend on little action figures. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, money spent on touring. Yeah. You don't. It's oh. not glamorous at all. No. At no. the van stage, you yeah. know, fifteen seater, and it's like okay. And it pay to get over there. Mm-hmm. You, we're making a little wage, but nothing really. So that's yeah. your, you know, the money that you lose from not being at work, 
and then you've got to pay your rent as well. Like, mm. life doesn't just stop when, when you go on the road. On the road. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, hemorrhaged money. Yeah. But I wouldn't give that up for anything. Yeah, because really. you just love it so much. Yeah. yeah. And the experiences that I've had and stuff like that. It's yeah. Like, then money doesn't buy that stuff. That's right, man. Well, I mean, it does. It, it buys me a plane ticket over there. Yeah, <laughs> but, yeah. You know, but, but the experiences, yeah. the people that you meet, you yeah. know, getting to actually um, immerse yourself in different cultures. Yeah, that's you right. You know? And so just getting cool. your rocks off on the stage. <laughs> and it's great. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And yeah. it's like my zen place as well. Yeah, It's like man. my happy place. Yeah, 100%. You know? Yeah. That's why I'm really looking forward to this show at the corner because I haven't played in so long. Um, just, just even the rehearsal process, the yeah. last couple of w- weeks, you know, getting all the songs done, I'm just having so much fun. Yeah, you, know? you like, really do. I, I know I said, you know, I don't miss it, but I really do. Yeah. You know? um, There's always going to be some part of you that does. Yeah, exactly. Miss certain parts. Of, There's of always music. bits that suck. Yeah. Of touring. I mean, yeah, you yeah. know. I mean, in a perfect world, I, I would love to kind of get a an original act up again and, and you know, do little mini tours here and there, you know. Yeah. Um, but um, I probably would have to wait till my kids are a bit older because at the moment when they're so little, I don't want to miss stuff, you know. Yeah. Once they're older and they don't really care about dad. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I could just go We're on the done road with and, you now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't need me anymore, yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah. So 10 years time, I'll be, you know, uh, hopefully my lady will, will come on the road with me and we can, you know, take yeah, over the world. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. I think you got it. Yeah, that stuff's really important. Like, yeah, balance um, is so important. I think there's there's not many things that would stop me from going on tour or needing to cancel a gig or something like that. But yeah. f- but family for me is something that will always trump. Yeah. Like you know, and it should, man. Yeah, yeah. That that's really important to me as well. So yeah, I, I totally get that. Yeah, and I mean, I've probably had to sacrifice a couple of things in a sense to I mean made made a sacrifice in my head but it's not really a sacrifice because I'm like no this is what I really want to do being on the road all the time I'm like I might miss out on a few things or it might not be as easy Mm. to because I like the idea of the kids Mm. at some point having a family but I'm like I can't I couldn't do that if I knew that I was going to be away. Away, yeah. So much. Yeah. And you've got a unique perspective because you you know what it's like to be away for that amount of time. Yeah. You know. Um, So, yeah. There you go, man. Um, Well, looking at your touring days, are there any stories like that come to mind that um, you think we might be able to get a kick out of? Oh. Just to put you on the spot. Yeah, just to put me on the spot a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, there's, there's just a lot of stupid stories, like me and Jazz, just kings of stupid. <laughs> <laughs> like so, silly decisions on the road. Yeah, yeah, like incredibly silly decisions. I remember, I think we were playing in Colorado Springs. Um, With Dell? Yeah, uh, over in the States, and... We played a show one night and we were really, really hammered because we like to get pretty wasted. Sure. And um, so we used to have like car park parties. Huh. Which just pretty much involved if Del and Jason wanted to go to bed and me and Jared didn't, we'd sit in the car park and get smashed. So right. we wouldn't care. Yeah. So we it was wouldn't disturb them. Party for two. Perfect. Car park party. Yeah. And so we're staying in the, like this hotel and there's a Macca's like across the road. Like literally across the road. Like how your house is on one side. It mm-hmm. probably would have been literally the other side of the road. The road is a McDonald's. And we're like... Ah, we'll just take the van and Del was out with us and he's like no you can't take the van and we're like oh, when Del's not looking we'll just go and steal the fucking van <laughs> 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 like to go across the road and so eventually Del's like 
walked inside and I think he forgot something because like as soon as he walked inside we ran and like hijacked the van and stole the van and <laughs> like and so we're sitting in the car like snickering away like dude we totally got away from it he's away with it he's got no idea like what an <laughs> idiot like uh, and we didn't know but he'd literally like seen us steal the car and drop like <laughs> but, yeah I mean, we've gone just across the road, but we were like hammered and went through like the drive through <laughs> and we're trying to order and they're like, oh, we're closed and we're like, well, can we, can we get anything? And they were like, yeah, you can have a large water if you'd like. And we're like, all right, we'll take it. Like we have to get something. <laughs> something. And so that's like at the ordering window. So we come around and like, it was one of the ones where you have to kind of do the go around the back and then come the other side to pick up your large your water. Yeah. So, going up, driven around, and me and Chaz are still, like, pissing ourselves laughing because we're thinking we're these masterminds. And we turn <laughs> around the corner and Del's just, like, walking up towards us. And I'm like, oh, dude. And Del's like, I heard you scream from, like, where I was standing. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, we just did heaps of stupid stuff like that. Man. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of... So, they're not 24 hours over there like they are here. It McDonald's. differs It differs from state region to state. Region to region? Yeah. Really? And, yeah, they're like... Because you can buy alcohol at service stations and stuff as well. Huh. Um, and so, we'd be driving and, you know, you'd cross a state line and we'd be like, oh, we're going to go get beers at this place. And then, because the laws change, there'd be some, like, where you couldn't get beers and you'd be like... Oh. Yeah, I'm trying to. I'm sure there's better stories, but I always, (laughs) I always laugh at us just being like, "Dude, we totally got away with it, stealing the van (laughs) Um, to go next." Yeah, to go like to go across the road. Yeah, it's Um, not like you wanted to go to the next gig early or something, or go to a McDonald's that was like five kilometres down the road. Oh, it was literally across the road. They were nice. That's why it's so ridiculous. Stole the van to go five kilometres down the road. Oh, you did? We, yeah, we had done. Mm. We, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> make, make a lot of good decisions. Yeah, right. Me, me and Jared put together a solid rhythm section, but not solid thinkers. <laughs> on, on the road. Dell's like, am I, am I, who have I fucking hired for Pretty this much. <laughs> pretty much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. There you go. Uh. Uh. And so you come home and it's like now just 12 months later and you're still just itching to get back on the road yeah, so man. you can enjoy more of this tomfoolery. Yeah. 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 I think, uh, yeah, I like that, the uh, the camaraderie mm-hmm. of it and everything. Like, mm-hmm. so on the last run that we did with Delacoma yeah. in the States, it was like two months long and we had a break in the middle, and we were staying with um, Jason, who played guitar, and uh, it's Jason Todd from Shinedown, mm-hmm. was our guitarist, um, and he lives in Nashville, and right. we were staying at his place for like, yeah, we had like four or five days off, and so had the opportunity to sleep in a real bed for a couple of nights. Oh, dude. I couldn't sleep. Like, I couldn't sleep at all, and huh. as soon as we got back in the van... I lay down on a bench seat in the back and slept like a baby for like 10 hours. Because like your body was just so used to being... To the motion. Oh. And I, and I always, like, I don't know if it's... I, obviously, motion can be soothing. Like, you, yes. ro- you rock a baby. Or yes. So, um, and I always think it's that kind of thing. Like Far out. Like, yeah, so You've then kind of regressed. Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> I don't know if I've got much further that I can regress, man. <laughs> Um, I love it. Yeah, so that was like five days of trying to sleep. Yeah. So then coming home and having trying to sleep, it's just in a bed again. Yeah. You have to like really make an adjustment. Yeah. You get po- I get post tour blues hard. Post tour blues. Yeah, man. It's huh. like it's bad depression coming down. Not, like yeah. It's coming down, really. Off it really a, is. Off, a, off, a, off a natural high. Of and it's just not a really human way of living. Like, you have to be mm. a, a little bit insane. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, driving and then playing every night. And what? So you rock up to a venue, you load in. Yeah. 
to a manager might go check you in if you're really tired you might go back to the hotel with the tour manager but usually you just hang out at the bar that you're playing at what yeah. do you do at a bar you sit and drink like we eat but then and then you watch the opening acts and then you play and then you've got to hang out with the people yeah which is a great thing i love that aspect but then by the time you've loaded out and you get back to your hotel yeah and then you have a bit of sleep and then you drive 10 hours the next day or whatever and mm. you rinse and repeat it's not a very human thing like no yeah. way of living so some people come, aren't cut out for it yeah after the first massive tour it was the or my tour with them yeah I kind of got to the end and I was like freaked out like I remember being in a hotel room and like had a moment by myself and that's the other thing like moment by yourself not not really like you can you can find them but you're yeah in the you know touring in the 15 seater van you you with you're around these people like 24 7 yeah so you've got to be able to get along with those people big time but i remember having a moment and i was like getting upset and i was like am i cut out for this i was like right. this is burnt me out hard like yeah. i had so much fun but like and then we played another show like the next night and it was awesome one of the better shows that we played and i was like nah i'm good like yeah. gave us a pat on the back and was like cheer up you got it you got this yeah yeah but it is man like it really you, comes you, back to that stage time like yeah. it, it you know you put up with all of this shit <laughs> yeah just for that but 45 that, minute one hour whatever it is yeah that you get to play music and have that experience with mm. the crowd and the experience with your fellow bandmates you yeah know? yeah that's right yeah man well i reckon that's a fantastic place to to finish up tonight because <laughs> yeah, cool. you know that that's really um you know what it's all about as a touring musician yeah. or as a musician in general you know is is getting that connection with the crowd and getting that connection with the um with the with the bandmates that you're uh, um in a band in yeah. that's why we all do it bro i've had a lot of or oh, a couple of people come up and be like oh were, were you all right tonight and i'm like yeah, yeah yeah and they'll be like oh you just kind of looked like you were off somewhere else or that you were zoned out i was like yeah I, I wasn't here. Like, really? I, I just go into a zen kind of place. Yeah, it's like my happy right. place. I just kind of tune out a little bit and yeah. have that, yeah, as you say, that hour, hour and a half where I'm just like, yeah. It's like, it's like a home. drug. It's like a drug, man. It's, yeah. It's, it's my zen happy time. Mm. Nothing can screw with that. I mean, some things can when she's <laughs> technical issues, but, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Fuck. But pretty much nothing's going to screw with that. Yeah, that's a cool vibe, man. Yeah. It's a cool thing. Um, well, there's a couple of things we do need to touch on before we finish, and that is um, uh, where we can find your uh, social media channels for all of your bands. So Atomic Riot, they're, they're a... Um, <laughs> these are good questions that I should know the answers to. Well, these guys have like all have yeah. Facebook and Instagram and stuff. Yeah. So we already yeah. know Delacoma and Cicada Stone, but I mean, you're yeah. the first member of Atomic Riot that I've interviewed. Yeah, So maybe cool. we'll talk about that a little bit. Um, yeah. We know that they've got an album coming out pretty soon. Yeah. Um, so keep an ear out for that. But obviously, if you want to follow you guys, it's Atomic Riot... At Instagram, like Instagram at Atomic Riot, something like that. Oh wow! If you just yeah, search for Atomic Riot, if you just search Riot, Atomic Riot, and it'll look, come up. You look for some <laughs> like eighties looking dudes, co cockrock lords. You'll yes, yeah, you'll you, find you. Yeah. Okay, cool. Well, well, we'll keep an eye, ear and eye out for that stuff. And um, yeah, let's again uh, before we finish up. Uh, um, from that band, um, is there a track? that you'd like to share with the Art of Touring listeners? Just a little preview. From Atomic? From Atomic, I think, is probably a good one to go um, with, yeah. Of the stuff that's out there at the moment? Yeah, I think so. I would say listen to the track, Get Your Kicks. Get Your Kicks. And it's literally about going out and getting your kicks, having a good time. Like, just do what you want yeah. and have a good time. Get Your Kicks. Yeah. Awesome. So we'll have heard a little bit of that. And... Um, Let's touch on the gig that we've got coming up, buddy. Yeah. It should August be a good 31st, one, eh? Yeah. Yeah. So it's my birthday on August 27th. Oh, next really? Tuesday. And it's Voyeurs on September 2nd. Forgive me if I'm wrong, Voyeur. But, um, <laughs> 
So I think we're just kind of going to say invite as many people down as we can to do. That's going to be the birthday thing. You birthday know? thing as well down at but, the corner. Yeah, but getting to throw down um, with Voya and both and Jared Marsh, man, they're incredible players. They're monsters. Yeah, yeah. It's ridiculous, and I mean, having played with Jazz through massive and then through the Delacoma stuff and we've done some other things together mm. like I filled in for his other band Echo Del Tusca mm-hmm. so we're just a really tight rhythm section the two of us because we know we've played so much together yeah you, you, and you I th- know you um and I think spending on. the time on the road as well like your, your friendship how close you are with someone yes affects that as well oh so, definitely yeah um, so we kind of just lay it down and those guys are beasts at what they do over the top so you yeah. know we just kind of watch or I know I do like I'll be watching Voyager just like that's otherworldly yeah you know? I'm really excited to see you guys perform and obviously the Millionaires Club as well because I love wrestling but yeah. at the same time I'm petrified of people wanting to come and chew my ear off because I've got to sing like for an hour and a half yeah so I, I feel like, like save that I want to save my voice I don't want to talk over you guys you know it's like oh hey man like but I also don't want to be rude yeah so I think if it's possible I might try to watch everyone from side of stage yeah you know what yeah. I mean like I don't know what the setup's like at the yeah, corner yeah it's very it's very possible yeah hopefully yeah. I might be able to just perch myself somewhere side of stage yeah, and just watch got, the show from they've there they've got like a side desk there so you've got the front of house and then yes. you've got yeah, you've got like a um, monitors yeah. engineer, which is awesome as well. Yeah, yeah. I've got it's to great. sort out sound for the kids. <laughs> 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 they said they, they give you a monitor, like a fallback engineer, but yeah. they don't give you a front of house or a, a lighting guy. Okay. So, um, yeah, I, I messaged someone tonight, but I haven't heard back. So, I think tomorrow... you got I, time. I've got two weeks. Yeah. Someone in Melbourne will be available. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, awesome. No, that should be good, man. Corner's yeah. always a great venue to rock. Well, yeah, I mean, you have you played the corner before? Yeah. Yeah, uh, Atomic Riot did um, the Wrestle Rock a oh, couple months back. Yeah. Oh, nice. So that was cool. That was the July 4th mm-hmm. one. Yeah. Oh, no, May 4th. May 4th. May 4th. The, yeah, the Star Wars one. Yeah. Oh, you were there. I think it was, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, I, it was I May saw the, um, the, the one with the blaze just last past. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we were the one before that. Before that, yeah, nice. Um, nice. And then I played it with Cicada Stone as oh, well. Oh, they did it as so well. I've done, we did uh, an acoustic set opening for Wednesday 13. Oh, okay, cool. Which was, yeah, that was something different. I think it's the first time I've really played an acoustic set. And to pretty much a sold-out corner. So that oh, was wow. Bit, so this is old, old, old hat for you, mate. You show up there, you'll be able to tell us where everything is, dude. No, need, <laughs> I always need someone to tell me. I'm like, yeah, okay. Cool. Okay, go that way. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. Uh, well, thanks so much for coming in, Tommy. It's been really great to get to know you, and um, I'm really looking forward to the show. Yeah, man, should be great. Corner. Thank you very much for having me. you Good to have a chat, dude. Yeah, awesome. All right, Rad. See you, dude. Peace. Ciao. And that's a wrap. Sizzlers, episode 70, all done. Thanks for listening. If you did enjoy this episode, give the podcast a share on social media. Use the hashtag Art of Touring Podcast on Instagram and give us a follow at Art of Touring Podcast. If you are a first-time listener to the show, uh, I hope you do come on back each week uh, and keep on listening. I have a new guest every week, uh, so you are more than welcome to join the Art of Touring family. If you'd like to get in contact with me, please email me directly at artoftouringpodcast at gmail.com. Maybe you would like to come on the show if you're a touring musician a performer a wrestler hit me up or send me a message on instagram at art of touring podcast you can listen to art of touring on wooshka and you can download it on itunes uh if you've enjoyed this podcast please give it a review on itunes or on google play wherever you would like to leave a review that would be great now let's get into some plugs on Saturday, August 31, next weekend, members of the Passouts and the Warbirds are playing Pearl Jam's Vitalogy in its entirety for the 25th anniversary of the album. We're putting on this epic show at the Corner Hotel in Richmond. Tickets are on sale now via the Corner's website, or um, you can 
just show up on the night and grab them on the door. Um, uh, but if you want to just, you know, don't want to miss out, just go straight to the cornerhotel.com, uh, go to their gig section and buy your tickets. Uh, supporting us on the night are two of Art of Turing's alumni uh, me- bands. Uh, so we've got Julian James and Nick Ivkovich of uh, the Millionaires Club. We also have um, uh, Della Coma, and I'm racking up the members of Della Coma's band. We've had Tommy Sunset this week, obviously. Uh, Voya, uh, Jared Menwin's going to be there on the ki- on the kit, and uh, obviously Dell as well. Um, the only one I'm missing is uh, Mr. Marsh, so maybe I'm coming for you next week, mate. Uh, and uh, that's Saturday, August 31, Corner Hotel. Tickets are, are available right now, so get them while you can. That's all from me this week. Before I go, I have a couple of shout-outs. Shout-out to Chris Wall, who designed the artwork for the show. You can follow him on Instagram at uh, Mr. Wall, spelled W-A-H-L. Big thanks to my guest this week, Tommy Sunset. Be sure to check out his band, social media platforms. Um, Just search for Atomic Riot, Dalacoma, or Cicada Stone uh, on any of the platforms, and um, their profiles will pop right up. Um, And remember to catch Tommy fulfilling bass guitar duties live on Saturday, August 31st at the Corner Hotel with Delacoma. That's all from me this week. Thanks again for listening. Tune in next time for another episode of Art of Touring with us is Dog. And remember this week's podcast was brought to you by Melbourne Winters. 